Hello, 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 and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 hi. This is going to be a short episode. Also, I am your host, of course, Mark Kushnez. How you doing? This is going to be a short show, though, because I don't have much of anything to talk about. I dabbled in a few games late last night, recording this early in the morning. After you go to the doctor with my dad in a little bit, uh, do a little checkup and whatnot and tell him a progress report and stuff. I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but uh, that's that's my morning. So I'm trying to get this out early and Crossfire X, my tardiness, my dragging my feet to get those final few achievements led to a final push that killed me this week and thanks to my though it didn't it wouldn't have mattered if i read the time right or or not i was ever so slightly short of reaching that mark so i'm defeated depressed not excited to put together that episode of attack the backlog which is going to be a weird one unscripted just complete word vomit hopefully somewhat enjoyable i gotta get something out of that experience but that has destroyed me and destroyed this episode i also finished my star wars rewatch which did the same thing episode nine i don't know what i was thinking and assuming man so much of the star wars i've watched during this rewatch has been real bad maybe maybe episode nine isn't as bad as I remember. Maybe it's not the worst Star Wars movie. No, it's the worst. It is the worst. It feels like a bunch of people got into a room, thought a bunch of, or thought of a bunch of moments they thought would be cool, and found the laziest way of stringing them together. Also, they looked at all of the discourse after episode eight, and the whiny little crybaby fan service wanters and shit like that and just threw away so much of what happened in eight in favor of falling back on a bunch of dumb shit and it, it it's just a, it's a fucking awful movie with so many mo- moments that make you ask why wonder why who wrote the book of love? Uh, it. You know what I wonder? Oh, I wonder, wonder who, 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 who wrote the book of Boba Fett? Chapter one says it sucks, and chapter two says it sucks more. Chapter three says it sucks even more. I fucking hate what the hell I'm doing with this show, Jesus Christ. Oh my God, it's so bad though. Every, uh, there, there's there's no little detail or any aspect of episode 9 to pick at or waste time belaboring on because the whole fucking movie is terrible. Star Wars overall is terrible. I'm sorry, Star Wars fans. I'm sorry, Jedi. Maybe the extended universe. I get the feeling that if I, when I was younger, had read the books or any of the extending universe stuff growing up I probably would have liked that because I love KOTOR 
I, 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 I liked Mandalorian for a while. I really like Andor, which is an extended universe exactly, except Andor feels way more extended universe than Rogue One. Rogue One is, hey, you know that scrolling text from, is it, it's the scrolling text from New Hope, not Empire. Yeah, because they have a, yeah, because it, it ends with them sending the, the, the details to Princess Leia and a New Hope opens with Princess Leia giving the the shit to R2 and blah, 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 blah. You know, you know that shit, all right? But I love KOTOR. I already went all over this. Star Wars just is a bunch of missed opportunities and poor decisions and a lot of bad writing. Attack of the Clones, really bad dialogue. But the story is okay. Episode 9, bad dialogue. It's just bad writing on all fronts. That's the difference. That's why episode 9 is significantly worse than episode 2. Episode 2 is fucking awful. But episode 2 is awful in large part because the writing, the dialogue is so fucking terrible. Episode 9, it's the plot. It's the overarching story. It's the small details, the big details, the dialogue, the everything. It's just a fucking car wreck. One giant pile of and anyone who makes arguments that episode 8 put all this, uh, put the mess into place, this, no, it did not. Because <laughs> they're trying. <coughs> uh, enough of Star Wars. Nobody cares. I don't care. I, I forgot to say what games I have to talk about this episode, though. And what I have to talk about are Garden Simulator, Under the Warehouse, and Color Pals. Do I have anything else to say before I just get into that and call this episode an episode? <laughs> Make it as an incredibly short show? I don't think so. I started up Atlanta. I got four episodes left, I believe. That's still a great show. The Crazy Aunt episode is probably the weakest so far. And maybe the only one I did not like I'd, I'd go as far as saying I didn't like that episode I thought it was uh, whatever but I have 7, 8, 9, and 10 left so through 6 4 left to go and I think I heard 7 is considered the worst of this season so hopefully it's it's not too bad but uh, that's that's it with watching I, I'm done with the OC I made it about 10 or 11 episodes in, and I've had my fill of crazy. That is a show. It, it made me realize, the same with Lost, there are shows that are just good, and you enjoy watching them. You go, uh, you enjoy going back to binge them or watch them every now and again, and they're just good. You don't need any caveats or anything of that nature. Then there are shows like The OC and Lost, which are kind of good you could call them good but at the same time they're what you would call water cooler shows they are shows that are made significantly more enjoyable by having someone to talk with about them 
someone to go back and forth and, and talk about the the stupid shit that happens on them because they're written in such a way uh, and the story is crafted in such a way that they they really encourage that discourse. I love Home Improvement. I am almost through season three at this point. Biggest surprise of the year for me in all forms of media, video games, music, anime, TV shows, etc. I did not start 2023 thinking I was going to start watching, re-watching Home Improvement and falling in love with the show way more than I ever liked it when it was originally airing. I don't need to watch it with other people. I don't need to talk about it with other people. I've, I I don't even know if I've ever mentioned it on this show in any way, shape, or form. Maybe when I compared it to Bluey-ish. But I love Home Improvement. Don't need to talk about it. Don't need anything other than just to continue in, enjoying my rewatch. But Lost and the OC, they both started strong. I was into them for four or five episodes. And then they started to drag and wear on me. And the lack of anyone to talk about this stupid shit and how annoyed various aspects of them are for me. They just become an annoyance and not something I can I can get something out of uh, in terms of that annoyance. So... Garden Simulator. This is one of many games of a similar nature where you're going around doing this and that, whether it be farming or something very specific as mowing. And this is kind of a middle ground because you have a lot of farming simulators and then you have very specific simulators like Lawn Mowing Simulator. I think that's what it was called, which came out a few years ago. This is an in-between where instead of having to manage a very large farm full of many crops and and many acres and a lot of space where you're buying large equipment and putting up buildings. You are instead managing a small little garden, but you are doing more than just mowing the lawn. You do mow the lawn, that is part of it, but you're also planting crops or flowers, picking up garbage, and building your little your little tiny oasis in your backyard. And it's kind of set up in the same way that a lot of more smaller or smaller indie farming games are or Viva Pinata where you have a very small space to work with when you first start up your garden because the, the the basis of the game is that you are from the city and your aunt, I believe, passed away. And this old family home, you go there to get away from the world. And I, 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 I'm assuming they don't ever come out and say it. It, it feels like they are putting this in the, the, the wake of COVID and all that, where you started working from home, presumably for that reason. And decided to move out to the country to this home and take up gardening look after the house 
you also decide to quit your job as an IT professional to focus on gardening, I think, which is weird because I don't, I guess you're making some profit from selling the vegetables you plant and stuff like that. But if you, if you look at it in any kind of realistic way, you, you'd say, well, you probably could have kept your job working from home and gardened as, as well. Gardened. Uh, but it, it's set up in a way where you have this very small space to work with initially, and then there are parts of your garden that are roped off, which is weird because there's nothing... It's your fucking house? It's your land? Why? There's, there's not like toxic waste or shit beyond these roped off areas that you can't access currently and maybe some of the expansions will go into your deeper backyard that have trees and would need some work done in order to make them gardenable <laughs> I'm, I don't know I'm, are any of these garden words even words so that, that's a little silly but the way it works once you, you remove all that kind of stuff is it, it, it's, it's all as expected you are digging up soil in order to make it workable to, to plant your various crops in or flowers in then you water those plants over time uh, waiting for them to grow so that you can harvest them sell the goods when you mow the lawn for instance depending on how large your lawn is how long you let the grass go you will after you've mowed a certain amount uh, a bag of grass will just show up magically in your your space that you have to throw in the garbage any kind of recycling or trash that shows up in your garden you pick that up and you throw it in the dumpster if you find gold, if you dig up a little gold piece, you throw that in the garbage. You, the garbage is the magic box where you throw in garbage or anything that you don't need, and then you'll get some kind of XP and money for it. And there, there are a handful of skills you'll get for leveling up that make watering faster or stuff like that. You have a little computer where you can buy equipment from since you're working from home. You're not going to the store. That part is very weird in that the way equipment or seeds or anything you purchase arrives is you hear in in the front of your house, you hear a vehicle driving up and then coming, uh, that, that then comes to a screeching halt. And you hear someone in the distance say, we've arrived or here's your shit, whatever the hell they say exactly. And then they just throw a giant box over your house and it lands in your garden Thankfully, it can't destroy your crops because they kept throwing that shit on my eggplants. And I was concerned the first time thinking, are they going to fucking, are they destroying my crops? Are they throwing the shit directly on my plants and then destroying them? That's not the case. What is the case, though, is that if you are mowing your lawn and you think, I've got enough space between the fence and my eggplants... Make sure you actually have enough space. Otherwise, you're going to fucking run over your eggplants and they're just going to be gone. And that's not what happened to me. Or maybe it happened to me. But it's... Of all the simulators like this I've played, 
I really like what I've played of Garden Simulator so far because something like a farming simulator is a little too big for me. And there, there's a lot that goes into farming that I realize I don't care to do. Maybe if I had uh, people to play with, because I, I think some of those are co-op, but if that were the case, maybe I'd be more open to those games. Not counting the indie stuff like farming simulator or farm farm together, which was a really, really good game I got into that you were taking care of a large farm, but it wasn't this first person more realistic take. And then stuff like Lawn Mowing Simulator, those are so focused and so specific and so single-minded, so repetitive in nature because you're just doing the one thing and maybe it elaborates upon itself by giving you very wildly shaped gardens to mow the lawns of. But those are a little bit too specific for my taste so that I don't end up sticking with them. And Garden Simulator is that nice in-between of giving me more things to do while not making it too, too much. And yeah, it, it is what it is. Ultimately, in the end, it is a garden simulator. If that sounds appealing to you, it's worth checking out because it plays well enough. The default FOV was weird. It was set to 60 it goes up to 90, which looks, in this game at least, 90 FOV looked more fish-eyed, uh, fish-eye lens than in other games, which may have just been jarring uh, uh, due to me playing a little bit at 60 and then going into the settings, which are very minimal. There are barely any settings in the game. But if you, you like the idea of a garden simulator... Probably worth waiting for a sale. I'm not sure what the regular price is. If this is a $50, $60 game, I would highly recommend waiting. But if it's 30 bucks and you like gardening and the concept of a garden simulator, it plays well on a gamepad. The UI in games like this are uh, is often on the clunkier side. But it's pretty manageable here it's it's not too much and and that could also be related to the fact that it isn't a whole farm you're dealing with and so much stuff so it, it's it's easier to get around and, and you don't have to worry about as much things as many things the the leveling system or the the store and stuff like that you'll get unlocks for unlocking certain things or completing certain tasks a lot of standard stuff Looks fine. Could could look nicer, sure. But solid little garden simulator. Then under the warehouse is a lo-fi polygonal first-person adventure game where you are from what I played so far, I, I was just exploring this warehouse, trying to discover something or other. The problem with this game uh, is that I like the way it looks. It has a very PlayStation 1 era polygonal style that has only one setting, I believe, which is 
retro visuals or something along those lines, which just makes the visuals ever so slightly more blurry. That's all it does. All right, cool. It, it doesn't change it from sharp visuals to pixely visuals. It just makes it from pixely to ever so slightly blurry pixelated or pixely. But as I was exploring this world, which is a very traditional adventure setup of going around, finding objects, interacting with characters, learning stuff about the environment and the space you're in by talking to people and completing tasks by collecting items, using them with this object or that object or combining them in order to give someone what they want. For instance, there was someone who had a hard hat I needed it in order to get to this dangerous area, but they were hungry and wanted something to eat, so I had to get them a hot dog with all the toppings, which just meant putting mustard on it. That's what they wanted. So I got them this hot dog, or the fish dog. It was a fish dog. Put some mustard on it after I found out where the mustard canister was. Gave it to them. They gave me a hard hat. I went into that area, got some other object, then used it, transported it, teleport into another area. There's a giant 50-foot worker in this warehouse that I, I thought was funny for a moment when I walked up to his giant crotch and tried to interact with it, and the game just gave me three dots, and I thought, ha, this is funny that you're, you're just giving me three dots for trying to interact with this dude's giant crotch. But then I came to realize that's just what happens anytime you interact with a part of his body that is on the ground that you can interact with. It wasn't just his crotch. If I went up to his shin or his hand, I'd also get the three dots. So it went from haha, crotch dots to oh, this is just it's just the dots. <sighs> but ultimately, uh, that's the second time I said ultimately. I don't like that. Uh, the The mystery isn't interesting enough. I am not engrossed in this story or discovering what's going on in part because from what I've played anytime I complete a task or progress further I'm not getting any information on this world or what is going on within it and I don't get the sense that I will be getting any explanations as I progress more and more and that has made my drive to keep playing drop more and more Games like this, due to their simplicity in terms of gameplay, they require a much stronger narrative, a, a, a story or something driving you, pushing you to keep going because the gameplay, uh, they, they either need a really strong narrative or, or, or stuff of that nature or really creative puzzles. There are no creative puzzles in this game. They are very, very simple, straightforward adventure game tasks, not even puzzles. And they're not ones that require leaps of logic either. So far, they're all very simple and straightforward. Like, hey, I've got a hard hat. I'm hungry. Give me some food. Okay, I'll get you some food. And I don't have to think about it. I'm not putting together 
a, a couple of weird items in order to make some makeshift kind of food that doesn't exactly compute, but whatever, it'll it'll suit you. So didn't didn't keep me enamored with it. So I don't I don't see myself going back to play any more of it. Then the last game I played is Color Pals, which is a very simple puzzle platformer where you play a little cube who is going through these tiny single screen environments, uh, levels, uh, trying to reach the goal of a giant orb of energy or whatever, uh, and three stars. I think it's stars populate each level that you can collect, but you don't have to to complete the level. But if you want 100% level, you collect them. As well as lightning bolts of color, which will change the color of you, your cube, so that you can interact with uh, objects and platforms of that color. Because if you try touching or, or interacting with a color that is not your color, you will die. Uh, initially, your, your very first level, it's all one color. It's like, okay. And then they introduce two different colors in levels. You have to grab that lightning bolt to change in order to reach the end of a level. And then they'll add a third color and, and so on. I, I don't know how complicated they get because I played for about 15 or so levels, got the gist of it, and had my fill of it because as simple as it is and as it all works as intended the platforming while overall feeling fine there is one big setback there's one thing that kills the platforming and the ability to fall into a flow state which is if you are jumping from ledge to ledge, for instance, if you land on the very edge of a platform uh, on, a, on a space, instead of being able to continue to move, you'll just be stuck there like you're in quicksand. And you have to jump again to put more of your physical body, whatever you want to call it, onto that platform in order to move. So anytime you land on, a, on an edge, which is often, um, you're stuck until you jump again. And you can't jump to the next platform often because you will not reach it and then you'll hit a color of the wrong, of a different color, which will lead to you dying and then you have to start the level over from the very beginning. That little issue which may sound like a big issue it, it was a big enough issue for me i'm saying little because i think for most people it's like whatever it doesn't sound like a, a huge problem for me it made it impossible to ever really get into again a flow state get into a vibe to to not constantly have these points where I'm, I'm starting to feel the game and then I have this it, it, it just bugged me enough but 
that's it in terms of what I'm playing. And that, you know, that that that's all Color Pals is. It's it's nothing more than that. It is just all right. Here's a level in front of you. It's comprised of multiple colors. There will be the stars you can collect if you want to. There aren't any achievements tied to them, I don't believe, so you really don't have to bother with them. And you'll have lightning bolts that change your color, allowing you to interact with objects and platforms of that color. There will be certain things in the environment that might propel you forward. There will be hazards introduced, like spiky blocks that are moving in the environment and so on and so forth. So it's, it's pretty standard stuff. And if not for that little edge problem, it'd be a perfectly fine puzzle platform. But that's it in terms of what I've been playing outside of Crossfire X, which I don't want to talk about because I'll talk about it for Attack the Backlog. It'll, it'll be a fucking mess of an episode, but I, I got to get something out of it. I wasted my time, my life, so much. It needs, it needs to do something for me because it did not give me all the achievements. So it owes me. Fucking owes me, Crossfire X. But that'll do it for this here short episode. It actually is a short episode, all things considered, of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Once again, I am Marcus Nez. You all can find me pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage, the site, the YouTube, the Patreon, and what have you. All my links of import can be found over at pxsausage.com. That is, again, the site, the YouTubes, the Patrons, etc. at pxsausage.com. And, yeah, as, as always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have both a wonderful rest of your day and a lovely week. And so for now, adios, uh, Rivederci. Bye. It's go time.